You're listening to the Behavioral Wealth Podcast with Dr. Dan Pallison. Dr. Dan is a licensed clinical psychologist, a speaker, and a financial advisor. He serves as the Chief of Investor Behavior at Keystone Wealth Partners. Dr. Dan is passionate about helping people tap into the behaviors that bring about wealth, health, and happiness. And now, here's Dr. Dan. Hey, welcome to the Behavioral Wealth Podcast. I'm Dr. Dan. Happy New Year. I'm, I'm thrilled to be back recording another episode. It's the uh, it's the beginning of the year. You know, this, this podcast, we talk about wealth, health, and happiness. And I think if you're in the wealth, health, and happiness podcast space, you, you are required by podcast law to record your first episode of the year around New Year's resolutions. So I do not have any exception to this rule. So I'm required to record a New Year's resolutions episode. But um, I want to review some things I'm sure a lot of you have heard about, but I, I really want to focus on um, the idea of getting back on the horse. So what we know about New Year's resolutions, it's very common to make them, even more common to break them. By the time February rolls around, uh, only like 20% of people have even stuck with their New Year's resolution. And and, and the, the percentage drops even more when you look at the end of the year. It's like, what, 5 to 10 percent at best actually have kept their New Year's resolution. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Now, I actually like New Year's resolutions, believe it or not, even though most people don't keep them. um, And I certainly have a history of that myself. But I I like the idea of a New Year's resolution because it's reflective of this common um, feeling that we all have, we all being just, just people in general around the new year. Uh, social psychologists will refer to it as the fresh start effect. And, and what the fresh start effect is, is this. It's extra significance we give to one day over another where we feel like our, motiv- our motivation is higher. We feel like we have a clean slate. It feels like the start of something. You know, when, when the, the clock struck midnight and 2021 shifted to 2022, like there wasn't a lot that happened. You know, you remember, for those of you who, who were around at this point and, and can remember, I, I work with some younger coworkers um, who may have been in diapers at this stage, but do you guys remember 1999, New Year's Eve, shifting to the year 2000 and the scare that was around that? Like what was going to happen at midnight on New Year's Eve uh, if, if for the year 2000, you know, the, we thought the computers were going to crash and the global economy was going to shut down and all the infrastructure was going to be, I don't even know what we thought, that it was going to go up in flames. I mean, people were hoarding food and shelter and ammunition and getting ready for the end of the world because the year was going to change from 1999 to 2000. I remember where I was. I was still in high school um, and at a little New Year's Eve party and we're standing outside. It's Minnesota, freezing cold. Uh, it, it shifts from from 1159 in 1999 to uh, to 12am in the year 2000. And it was about the most anticlimactic thing I can think of. Absolutely nothing happened. So my point being is the actual change of a year is not that significant yet. We as a people put a lot of significance on that. And this isn't the only time we do it. We do it around our birthdays, right? Whenever we have a birthday, we're often motivated to make some kind of change in our life, especially if it's a milestone birthday. If you're turning 
30, if you're turning 40, you know, one of these, these nice round numbers, you know, we, we send, we tend to set a few extra goals around those times. Or even if you think about like, when do you start a diet? If you, if you want to, if you if you want to start a diet, it's rare that we start a diet midweek. What do we do? We get the idea that we're going to start a diet on Monday. And then that weekend, we sort of pig out guilt-free because we know on Monday is when we're gonna start the diet. And on Monday, we start the diet. And for a lot of us, by Tuesday, we abandon the diet. But there's something about Monday being the first day of the week uh, that we just feel a little bit more motivation. So back to New Year's Eve and January 1st, we just, as a people, tend to feel more motivated to pursue or to set and pursue goals around the first of the year. And this is called the fresh start effect. We just feel like the, the slate has been wiped clean and we get just that, we get a fresh start. So I like that. I, I like the momentum that we can carry into the new year. What's unfortunate is many of us, you know, the, the emotion passes, we, we face some adversity when it comes to our goals or our New Year's resolutions. We abandon them and we don't know how to return to them because we can't recreate that fresh start. Once January has kicked off and, and you get to mid-January and, and you fall off the horse, it's hard to find the motivation outside of yourself that there's a good, you know, fresh start again. And so that's why a lot of people abandon that. So so I want to I want to prevent that. I, I want to talk about ways that we can defend against that. I think I'm going to title this episode Alphabet Soup because I have three acronyms that should really go a long way. Now, if you're in the car, if you're listening to this, don't worry about taking notes. Um, I'll have all of this in the show notes. So check that out when you when you get a, ch uh, a chance. But the first acronym I want to go through, and by the way, the, these acronyms uh, represent strategies or methods for us to set better goals uh, and to sustain uh, those goals and, and to pursue and achieve those goals. And so these are some things to do prior to setting a goal, because what is a New Year's resolution at the end of the day? A New Year's resolution is a goal. Most people, it's either, you know, I want to lose weight, I want to, I want to save money. It usually, usually has to do with your, you know, with your health or with your wealth. So, so it's, it tends to be a, a, a goal. Now we need to do a little bit of work ahead of time or yeah, before actually setting the goal to kind of set the stage and to be prepared to set goals that you can work through. So the first acronym is a strategy. It's called a SWOT analysis, S-W-O-T, a SWOT analysis. My company does this every year at the end of the year. In December, we get together and we do a SWOT analysis as we start setting goals for the next year. You can do this by yourself. You can do this with your partner. This It's a really great way to start to look at the landscape uh, through which you're going to try to achieve some of your goals. So, so a SWOT analysis, what this stands for, S-W-O-T, it stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And it's crucial to identify strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats that may uh, lie in front of you as you start to think about how to set good goals. So I'm gonna, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do this for you here on the episode. So let, let's take health for example. You know, I, I may wanna lose weight, I might wanna lose, let's just even put a number to it, I wanna lose 15 pounds. You know, the, the pandemic has been something for me, I've got a little extra dad weight on me, um, so I'm, I might wanna lose 15 pounds. Now, what I really need to do before starting to build out how I'm gonna do that is to do this SWOT analysis. I'm gonna look at strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. 
Here's an example of a strength for me when it comes to pursuing a health goal. I love working out. I actually really, really enjoy working out. I like running, I like riding the bike, I love lifting weights. So I really enjoy being active and working out. And so for me, that's a strength. And I wanna build on that strength, my desire and my love of exercise and, and just being active. A weakness for me would be working out in the morning. I love working out, I hate getting up at 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. To, to exercise. I just don't have the motivation there. It's not there. I can kind of drum it up sometimes. I can fake it sometimes if, if it's the only shot I have to work out, but I don't like it. I, might, I don't push myself as hard in the morning. So, so, you know, some people might say, well, just push harder, push through that. I would say that's friction in my behavior. And over time, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to overcome that friction. So I'm going to identify that as a weakness. I, I need, I, I, I like getting up early, believe it or not, but I actually, that's when I prefer to read or to write or be more creative in the morning. And I would rather have my physical exercise be later in the day. So, so a strength for me is I like working out. A weakness is that I don't like working out in the morning. Okay, so what's an opportunity uh, when it comes to health for me in my life? You know, I, I look at some of the equipment that I have. Uh, we have a Peloton bike. We, I have a pulley system at home. I have a little kind of makeshift home gym, which is actually pretty all-inclusive. I don't have a lot of equipment, but the equipment that I have, you know, I'm able to get a pretty good workout at home. So I, I have the luxury of being able to get, you know, full workouts in home, both, you know, weightlifting and cardio at the home. That's, that's my opportunity there. I don't have any excuses not to be working out because I have the equipment, but my threat. So the final T, the threat I would say, uh, is just my, my life. My, I, I'm a dad. I have two young kids. If my kids are sick I, and, and I, it's during a time I wanted to work out, you know, I'm not going to be the dad who's, who's working out while my Kids are puking. I, I have to attend to my kids. Whatever my kids' needs are, they often trump my own desire to work out. Um, another threat for me, and especially since I've identified that I like working out later in the day, a threat, a threat for a uh, like a health goal for me would be staying late at work. If I stay late at work, I'm getting home late. I don't have a lot of time to get a workout in. So that's a threat for me to try to anticipate uh, when it comes to setting health goals. So I hope that makes sense for you all. Um, so, so SWOT analysis, S-W-O-T. Um, the, the, second, the second acronym that I wanna focus on is what's called the WHOOP method. WHOOP, WHOOP. WHOOP, W-O-O-P. This can be done right after your SWOT analysis when you're starting to hone in on what the actual goal is gonna be. So the SWOT analysis is a little bit broader. I'm just looking at what are my strengths and weaknesses and what opportunities and threats might I have in my environment? So what's around me? The WHOOP method focuses more on actually uh, setting and achieving the goal. So what this stands for is WISH, Outcome, obstacle, plan. This was developed by a researcher who, who is researching in the field of um, human motivation. I don't remember her name offhand. Apologies. I will have it in the show notes. But, but wish, outcome, obstacle, and plan. And what this means is as I'm about to set a goal, I need to be thinking through or planning through or meditating on these four areas because most often we just do the first one. We have our wish. Our wish is our goal. We want something for ourselves. 
We want something in our life and we set that as the goal. So again, I'm going to use health as an example. I've already done my SWOT analysis, but now I'm going to go through the WHOOP method. So let's say my wish is to lose weight. Okay. It, it's to lose weight. Again, I'll, I'll put a number to it. Let's say 15 pounds. So, so now my wish is to lose 15 pounds. Now, if I hadn't, if I don't really think through it, I'm going to set that as my New Year's resolution. And after, you know, uh, uh, two weeks into January, when I've actually gained weight, I'm going to be so upset by this, I'm just going to abandon it. But, but the WHOOP method allows me to plan for some adversity and some obstacles. So, so my wish or my goal is going to be to lose 15 pounds. Okay. Now I want to think through the outcome. And this starts to tie the goal to some internal motivation that I have. What would it be like for me if I lost 15 pounds? That's, it's going to be different for different people. Different, you know, a lot of us want to lose weight around New Year's. That's a very common New Year's resolution. But the reason to do that is different for most of us. Back in my 20s, I might want to lose weight because I want to look really good shirtless. Back when I was living in San Diego and I'm going to be at the beach, you know, a few times a, a month. I might want to look better, so it's more of an aesthetic goal for me. I mean, I'm I'm late 30s. I'm full on dad mode. I mean, I, I don't want to be a slob for my wife. I, I love her. I, I know she loves me, so I want to look good for her. But my my driving goal for losing weight isn't to have like ripped abs. But the goal for me now, or the outcome for me, is just to have more energy. If I lost some weight, if I lost I don't know, 10, 15 pounds, I would have more energy. I would feel better. I could be more active with my kids. I could be a better dad. I would have more energy to go do the things I'd like to do, like playing golf on Saturdays. I mean, these, these are the kinds of things that really will bring fulfillment and happiness in my own life if I were to lose some weight. So, so yeah, I can lose weight and that can be a goal, but I want to tie it to an outcome. So, the, so wish and then outcome. You have to think through and kind of meditate on um, or visualize the outcome. Why are you setting the goal in the first place? The second O in WHOOP is obstacle. And this is key because I need to identify the potential obstacles that could get in the way of me achieving my goal. And this is where most people, this is, most people don't do this. And so then when they face an obstacle, it knocks them off of their route and they can't get back on track. So an obstacle for me, it's going to be similar to my threat that I identified in the SWOT analysis. It's going to be, let's say, staying late at work. If, if I stay late at work, then I am not going to have the time to exercise and to actually you know, try to lose some weight. So that's a big obstacle for me achieving my goal of losing weight. Now, you might not, I mean, at first, the, uh, setting a goal of losing weight, you might not naturally jump to, well, then that means I have to be more efficient at work. But when you go through like this, this WHOOP method, you're starting to think of what are all the obstacles that could get in the way of achieving. I think for me, the biggest thing is not being uh, good with my time, staying late at work and having to sacrifice that workout time. And the P in the WHOOP method is plan. So what, what is your plan when you face the obstacle, not if you face the obstacle, because we all will, but when you face the obstacle. So for me, my plan would be to be more efficient at work, being more intentional with my time spent at work. I do have a luxury that I don't have a job that often has an emergency come up at the end of the day that requires me to stay late. If I'm staying late at work, it's usually because I have enough work that has piled up throughout the day that I need to stay late to complete it. So if I can be more intentional and efficient with my time throughout the workday, 
then it's it's rare that I'll have to actually stay late at work. So does that make sense? The WHOOP method, wish, outcome, obstacle, plan. Wish, I wanna lose weight. Outcome, I will have more energy, I will feel better, I'll be a more active dad. Obstacle, if I'm, if I'm staying late, if I'm not being efficient with my time, I'm not gonna have the time to work out. And my plan is to be a lot more intentional with my time. So that's the WHOOP method. So again, first we have the SWOT analysis. Secondly, we have the WHOOP method. And then thirdly, and I have to touch on this, this is a review for all of you, I'm sure. But by the time you go through your SWOT analysis and the WHOOP method, now you're ready to really set a good goal. And to set a good goal, it has to be a SMART goal. S-M-A-R-T, a SMART goal. If this is new to you, again, this you probably see this everywhere, but I'm just gonna go through it quickly. A SMART goal is just that, S-M-A-R-T. A SMART goal is specific. S is for specific. So I'm not making a vague goal. I'm not just saying I want to lose weight. I'm actually, I'm actually, you know, identifying how much of it I want to do or how much of it I want to lose, right? By the way, I, I keep using weight as an example. I'm not that big on actually <laughs> setting goals around losing weight. So I, I don't want to get lost in that. I actually think that there's better goals to be set than losing weight. But the second part of the SMART goal is probably why I'm using this as, as an example. The M stands for measurable. We need to set goals that are measurable. And in the losing weight example, it's easy to put an actual number to it. It's easy to, to identify and track numbers. And so whatever your goal is, try to find a way to measure it. So even if it's a health-related goal, um, you may not care about the actual pounds that you're, you know, may or may not be losing, but maybe for you, it's about consistency. And so you can put a number to that. I want to be I want to be doing some some kind of cardio three days a week. You know that three is key. You're you're measuring it, um, you know, or even something more vague. Like I just I want to have more energy for my family, and so I want to be healthier to have more energy. I would say try and measure that. Kind of take some baseline, uh, you know, evaluations or measurements of how you feel right now, and see is there a way for you to track that systematically to see do you have less or more energy? Whatever your goal is, you have to be able to measure your progress towards that goal. Okay, A stands for attainable. It has to be something within reach. It has to be attainable. I'm not going to set a goal of losing 50 pounds in a month uh, and that, you know, outside of starving myself and doing things that are really, really unhealthy, that is not an attainable goal for me. So you want to be realistic. You want to set goals that are attainable. So the R in the SMART goals stands for relevant. Some, some will say realistic. I think realistic and attainable are the same thing. But I would say the R stands for relevant. It has to be something that's important to you. It can't be something that a coworker suggests or that your boss suggests or even that your spouse suggests. If you're going to set and stick to a goal, it has to be relevant. and has to mean something to you to achieve that goal. Otherwise, you're going to abandon it. And finally, the T is time-oriented. You, you need to put a time frame around the goal itself. If I say I want to lose, you know, two pounds, what's what's my time frame? Is it two pounds in a month or is it two pounds in 2022? I mean, if my time horizon is too long, I'm not going to be motivated to stick with it. But if I know, you know, in the next few weeks is when I want to be losing this amount of weight, then I'm going to be more motivated. So again, a smart goal review, it has to be, the goals have to be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. 
that's all I have for you all. My guess is you've heard this before. What I would say is, you know, with repetition comes more internalization. And so as you hear these things, especially SMART goals, you've probably heard about SMART goals before, but go out and make sure your New Year's resolutions are SMART. They're SMART goals. And maybe, you know, if you find yourself drifting from those resolutions or drifting from those goals that you set for yourself, start over by doing a SWOT analysis and then going through the WOOP method before finally setting that SMART goal. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. That really helps to get the word out about behavioral wealth. And before acting on anything regarding your finances, please seek the counsel of an independent financial advisor. If you're looking for a place to start, check out thebehavioralwealthpodcast.com where you can schedule a free phone consultation with me to help you down the path towards behavioral wealth. Thank you so much for listening. Here's to creating the rhythm in our lives that brings about wealth, health, and happiness. I'm Dr. Dan. This was the Behavioral Wealth Podcast.